Welcome back to the Auto Amateur Podcast. This is James. It's been a couple of weeks, but I've just come back from Indianapolis where on the Friday I went to the Luft Festival, and then on the Saturday I was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway at the Porsche Together Fest. What an absolutely cracking weekend. My friend Chris and I drove there in our 911s, he and his turbo, me and my 991. Two nights in a hotel, two nights just talking to Porsche enthusiasts and checking out cars, and it was just absolutely epic. So I'm looking forward to talking about that in this episode. I also really want to talk about the Mission R car. I'm not sure if you've heard about it. If you're a Porsche nut like me, I'm sure you have. Porsche put out its concept for the electric race car. We're going to be talking about that in uh, today's episode. And I'm joined by not one, but two special guests today, Andy from Last Rasp and Daniel from Jet Fuel Only. Three Porsche nuts just sitting around and having some banter. Triple trouble. Let's go check it out. So, guys, when when Andy and I do these, we try and count down, don't we? Three, two, one, to get started. And uh, invariably, it doesn't really work very well. So successfully. So, I've got a plan. I'm going to say one. Daniel's going to say two, and you're going to say three. You ready? Amazing. One. Or. Damn it, you took my idea. <laughs> do I win? How much do uh, I win? You, 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 you pair of utter wankers. All right, never mind. We'll just forget that. I'll figure out how to sync it up later. Yeah. Anyway, I'm really excited to get you guys together on a pod. Fantastic. Yeah. Me less so. Me less so. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I've got a feeling you're pretty excited to talk to Daniel, Andy, because you've commented before about how uh, you like his videos, but you really like his car, and I like his car as well. I've heard enough of it, but you know, maybe maybe you want to ask him a few That's questions. It. But before you do that, let's let's lay out the agenda for the for the listeners. Um, I really want to talk about the Mission R car today mm. and get everyone's perspectives on that. Because I thought, you know, three Porsche nuts talking about electric race cars. Um, that that will be interesting. Maybe we'll get to that last. Um, I've just come back from Luft or Luft or however it's pronounced. And so I, I, I've got to tell you about that, guys. It was phenomenal. Um, Andy, and I am actually going to wring your neck if I can for that line that you made me wait in for the t-shirt oh come on I, like i say that's that's on you that's on you screw you bro <laughs> i would never ask anybody to stand in a line like that good lord um and then <laughs> uh daniel's just moved house recently Ooh. and uh he's he's doing what every car enthusiast should do which is to have the right looking garage to put his porsche in and we all know andy that you've got a lot of work to do with that regard your garage is as big as it is uh, uh, it ain't pretty i was gonna say at the start of that <laughs> is this a subtle dig at me but no it wasn't subtle <laughs> i i i am not i am not subtle uh so actually you know what this is the first time the three of us have been together on a podcast for anybody not familiar with with uh the last rasp or uh jet fuel only let's do a quick intro daniel why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh your channel 
Howdy. Uh, yeah, I'm Daniel. I uh, started my channel probably two and a half years ago, primarily around uh, my very niche-oriented uh, Cadillac CTS. And uh, although I made lots of how-to videos, kind of like James does, uh, I've also just done other car content, car events, uh, drag racing, autocross, track days. And uh, in December, I picked up my GT4, which is my attainable dream car. And uh, so far, uh, it's been a great addition to the channel. Same kind of stuff, how-tos, track days, autocross, mods, uh, all the good stuff. Uh, and that's what you can find on the Jet Fuel Only channel. That's awesome. I'm particularly excited about your car park racing, Andy. I mean, autocross. <laughs> Andy, what, what are you got? Uh, I'm Andy from Last Rasp, and yeah, I launched the channel last year. Just to be honest, I just wanted to join this this kind of global um, conversation around Porsches. And um, my focus is really on the kind of culture of ownership, um, what it brings to you. So the cars themselves, obviously, driving cars, talking about those cars, everything from a positive place, right? Like... No point me reviewing a 30-year-old car and picking apart what's wrong with it. So um, it's more about driving these cars, talking about what's great about them, and then talking about what's great about the ownership experience, you know, focusing on the drives I do with my friends, um, the Porsche culture here in Melbourne, Australia, um, as, as, as good as it can be at the moment while we're all locked down. Um, and yeah, some mods uh, features a hell, of, a hell of a lot of content around my 964, which is my third child. Um yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> James, his his channel sounds so much more mature than ours. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Clearly defined. Um, but it's in practice, though. In practice, though, it's not because I'm not mature. I'm not You're smart. You're amateur. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I just say pretty much whatever springs into my big, thick head. Uh, but yeah, for anybody who doesn't know about auto amateur um i'd be surprised considering you're listening to the auto amateur podcast but could i make porsche videos and uh and there you go yeah it could be <laughs> the first and last time experiencing auto amateur um but you know isn't this so cool like okay so a handful of years ago i started auto amateur it was just an experiment um i've made friends around the world and quite literally that's what's happening today we've got australia we've got the u.s midwest we completely skip over the whole of Asia and Africa and the Middle East and Europe. We come straight to the Midwest in the US and uh, California, where Daniel is. Um, maybe we need to pick up some other flavors there around around the world. But th right, right there, that's 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 global community on this call right now. I love that. That's so awesome. It's unreal, isn't it? It's amazing how that was absolutely something I wouldn't have predicted. And it's funny because I talked about in a in a video a while back that. The community that it's brought and the friendships that owning a Porsche has brought into my life has been something that I just did not anticipate. Um, let alone when you when you overlay that that global community and that global friendship that that, that that you're able to experience with these cars, it's mega. It's so so cool, and that's obviously enabled by technology and the like. But man, you know, twenty years ago, would 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 we have connected? No, there wouldn't have been the opportunity to do that. For two ninety nine per minute, we mm -hmm. could have over a long distance. Yeah. Line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spot on, spot on. Now that's that. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. You know, it is, and you know, between watching videos, chatting, doing podcasts, talking live like this, you know, generally, genuinely consider you guys friends. 
Um, and it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. I love you guys is what no, I'm saying. I, well, I appreciate that, James. I think of you as one of my really good acquaintances. Well, that's very good. Well, I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm like... I'm like your brother from another mother, or I should be officially part of your family after waiting in that 200-person deep line at okay, Louvre to, to get you a T-shirt. We're going to have to settle this, because my understanding is you didn't. What? <laughs> oh, the truth is out. Oh, my God. Go on, tell so, Daniel what really happened. Uh, so, so let's move on to Louvre. Uh, so, yeah, we got there early in the morning. There's one place to buy t-shirts, and at, I think it was like 8 o'clock, Chris and I got there. There was already a line, like 150 people deep, which went all the way down two blocks to the perimeter of the event, of people waiting to get in to buy merchandise. I took one look at that and thought, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I am never going to stand in that line. It's just not going to happen. Uh, went back two or three times. The line just kept getting bigger. Decided to take a photo uh, for Andy on Instagram to make him feel guilty, which for a line that I had no intention of standing in, um, basically looked at what they were selling, went to the website and realized I could just buy this online and get it delivered. <laughs> so, I, so I did exactly that. I did exactly that. I bought Andy his t-shirt. Um, you know, it, it's been delivered to me just like somebody at the event would have handed it to me. I'm going to be shipping it to you much like I would have shipped it anyway. So, you know, no harm, no foul. That's, that's what I think. Everybody wins. I, I have to say, exactly. I have to say, well, well, well I, I saw it and Daniel, I don't mind admitting that when I saw the photo that James had posted, I thought, oh, what have I done? This poor, this poor guy, he's gone to his dream event. You know, I, I've talked up Luft, everybody's talked up Luft. He finally gets there and he's going to spend the whole day waiting in this line to get a t-shirt, not even for himself. I, I, I did, I felt awful. And James, as I said, I would have just messaged you back and said, sorry, dude, that was sold out. <laughs> as soon as you told that to me, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to admit it now because that's, <laughs> he's probably really, really bad. I did, I felt guilty. Uh, but yeah. So how was it? You'll get your t-shirt. It's ac- Oh, it's fantastic. And your t-shirt's really cool. It's, um, it's pink and it's extra small. Is, is that okay? Uh, I was going, I was hoping for small, but I, could, I, I, I think I can pull off extra small. That's cool. If there's one thing people want to see from me, it's my midriff. <laughs> hey, well, better yours than mine, son. So, Luft, Luft. It's in between. It's, it's neither. It's in between. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stick your lips out like this and say Luft. <laughs> <laughs> Luft. <laughs> Um, so Luft, it was so good. I mean, the weather was perfect. The location looked fantastic. Mm. You know, the older kind of style buildings. Um, so many of the cars were just like set up perfectly, but so many of the cars were just so unique and excellent. Like Andy, you, you tried to prepare me for this. You know, I asked what your experience was like, and I, I was expecting a lot based on what you told me. But it just blew all of the expectations out of the water. And I did actually feel for you a couple of times because I looked at a lot of these air-cooled cars and I thought, I think that's amazing, but I just can't appreciate that as much as I'm sure Andy would appreciate it. Um, and then I thought, ah, well, stuff you. You're in Australia. <laughs> that's your fault. It's his fault for choosing lockdown over this. <laughs> Honestly, it was so good. It was so, so good. That's... And you saw a lot of the photos, clearly, and you've been reposting some of them. Yeah. 
do you, how do you think it stacked up to the one you went to the year it's before? so hard to say based on on photos i think um the location looked incredible and and you know zwart and the, and and the team obviously did an incredible job both curating the cars and positioning the cars as 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 they always do um I got a sense from the photos I've seen that perhaps the scale wasn't quite that it wasn't quite as big as 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 perhaps Luft Six, but I could be completely wrong, right? I, I I saw a lot of photos from sort of the same areas, but when I think about it, it's true that was true of Luft Six as well. There's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of cars and and positions that were overrepresented in photography versus a hell of a lot of cars that were sort of placed on the back lot. So, so perhaps that's true um, of this, but uh, they put on such a great event, uh, such a great event. And, and it's, yeah, they've just got down to a fine art now. I don't think, I know some people say it was better when it was 50 cars at Deus or whatever, but I think it's an incredible experience. Um, Daniel, have you been, have you been in LA? No. Um, uh, and I, I will sadly admit I wasn't aware of it until recently. So uh, what is the history on this uh, event? Well, I mean, it started as um, it was it was uh, Howie Idelson and Patrick Long, I think, which is those two guys just wanting to do like a car show for air-cooled Porsches only and kind of wanting to avoid the, the, the cliché early in the morning cars and coffee thing and instead saying let's let's have let's have tacos and burritos and music and beers and uh, and some cool air cooled cars and and so I think the first event uh, someone will correct me if I'm wrong I think was at Deus um in LA and and yeah it was like 50 cars and and then it's just grown and grown and grown and and with with Jeff Swartz's involvement what they really do is they obviously curate the cars that are there, so it's only air-cooled mm. Porsches, but it's a mix of, you know, uh, classic cars, modified cars, and historically significant race cars. But then it's the way they then posi- they choose a venue that is unique and has some kind of connection to to the cars, and and then the way that they position them and and art direct them throughout that venue creating just incredible photo opportunities at every turn it's 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 really something else so it's not like turning up to cars and coffee and just parking on the lawn and okay you know. i'm far more impressed now that i know that about it that's uh, sounds oh, really dude, great it's mega <laughs> yeah and it's, it, quite, it's so cool is it in other locations as well? i mean you said it started in la but are they you know do they kind of set up these uh, multiple times a year throughout different cities or is it just where james went Typically LA. Um, so James is a, the one James just went to is only the second one to be anywhere other than LA. So it's a different venue each time. It's usually once a year. They did one in the UK last year. It was supposed to be in Pittsburgh, I think. James, is that right? Maybe. I th- I th- yeah, that rings. I think about. so. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, this year was uh, the first time they did it somewhere other than LA but even when they've done it in LA each time it's at a it's at a different venue and so they really they really put a lot of work into choosing a venue that that that'll showcase the cars beautifully but is also interesting and somehow connected to them um so you know the Universal Studios backlot for example I mean there's there's plenty of examples of of Porsche and pop culture and and that was amazing like to go and see you know, Porsches sitting in the in front of the, the the courthouse and the clock tower from Back to the Future was just rad. Wow, cool! Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. 
That's really cool. What was... well, I, I was really impressed with how the cars were laid out. Um, and there were a couple of scenes that were like quite breathtaking, actually. There was a, um, this one block where there were five red 911s of different styles, you know, Carrera, there was an RS, there's a Targa or what have you. Um, they all look to be around 10 years of each other. Um, sort of lined up perfectly on the side of a cobblestone road with a vintage kind of theater in the background yeah. with the sign loofed. I mean, it was just like the perfect poster, the perfect postcard. Yeah. And there were maybe a dozen of those. Um, and every time you looked, you saw something, oh, look, I, I'm looking at this car from that angle. I can't see the front of it, but I can just see the ducktail, you know, like just sticking out of the building. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they parked it half into a building. So clever. So, so clever. I was so impressed. Um, and it wasn't too hot as well, which is important for me. Uh, but the other thing was, like, you said you said about scale, Andy. I think I was maybe expecting it to be spread out over a larger area. But the space they had, it may, may have been, like, I don't know, four blocks square, kind of, maybe three blocks square, something like that. So it wasn't, it wasn't huge, but there were so many cars yeah, in yeah. there. But it also didn't feel cramped. Like they had a lot of nice spacing between the cars. You got to feel like you were walking around two or three streets. Um, for me, those kind of events, like cars and coffee in particular, I show up, I have a look around. Within about half an hour, I'm sort of ready to go for a drive. Yeah. If I talk to some friends that I bump into, I'm there for like an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. After, I don't know, four hours, the only reason we decided to go is because we were hungry and we've quite fancied sitting down. <laughs> um, but I could have easily stayed there all day. It was so yeah, good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mega. I think, I think it looks as though they did with this one, something similar to what the experience I had at the universal backlot, which is that, I mean, at universal, it's basically a, you know, a mini city, right. And, and it's the same thing. You walk around a corner and there's a car parked down an alleyway or, you know, just poking out of, the, mm -hmm. of a shop front or, or something similar. And I think I love that idea of you can walk around a, an environment that seems really familiar, i.e. streets and blocks and buildings rather than just yeah. a big parking lot somewhere and see them in their natural habitat, but unfettered by, you know, other cars or, or, or traffic or whatever. Right. right? Right, right. Or barriers. I mean, yeah. you could walk right yeah. up to all of the cars, look through the window. A lot of the, the owners were actually sort of stood within, you know, um, spitting distance of the cars and would come and open the door for you and let you take a look at it. Yeah. It was so cool. Um, so so that was the Friday. And then the Saturday was the, uh, the, I think it was called Porsche Together Fest at the Indianapolis Speedway. And on this day, Daniel, I was thinking about you in particular because they had car park racing. Right next to, <laughs> right next to the speedway itself, um, but for the fir honestly for the first time, I really sort of felt like I understood the connection that, that and the passion that people have for racing in general. Whether it, it it didn't matter if I was looking at the autocross with the Caymans going around um, in the parking lot outside, or we actually were were up on in the um, you know by the finish line inside the track watching the. Uh, Watching the race cars go by, I mean, some of those modified 911s just sounded incredible. They looked amazing. And I actually thought to myself, I had one of those, okay, if I win the lottery kind of conversations, I'm going to get myself a car and a race team. And maybe I could move to Indianapolis. You know, I was so excited by that. <laughs> <whole thing. laughs> 
but I got it. You know, I, I, I can I can tell why people put so much time and effort into going to the track. Just the the energy around the place, watching the cars compete, listening to those um, exhausts just sing, not howl, but really yeah. sing as they went past you. Uh, oh, mate, so good. So autocross, yeah. Daniel. Autocross yeah, or track? What about it? No. Uh, you know, speaking of racing, that's what I did this last weekend. I went to the IMSA races here at Laguna Seca. Uh, yeah. And uh, that was uh, fun. That was actually my first. Actually, no. I went to an IMSA race years ago before I even knew anything about cars, really. But anyway, um, this uh, was a lot of fun. It was, uh, sorry to throw in the... Uh, the other word here, but it was with my Cadillac group. Uh, Cadillac had the best hospitality. They had oh, the best hospitality. Dan- oh Dan- Daniel, sorry, I'm losing it. What, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> they had the best hospitality suite at the track, uh, no doubt, uh, because Cadillac, you know, in the DPI, the prototype category, you know, they, they've, they've been very successful, right? So they've got quite a name in um, that league, their league, uh, in that class. And uh, so they're you know, they have some push around, and so we've, we had this really great suite and food and drinks and uh, uh, a balcony view of, like, you know, oh, a good 60% it. of the track and uh, access to everywhere, of course, and uh, uh, so it was just, it was really cool to see, and uh, I think in the Michigan Cup, um, for the Porsche fans, yes, the Cayman GT4 took the win. Um, <laughs> yes. Woo! Yep, yep. Uh, Porsche, I think, unfortunately, in uh, the uh, GT LMP class, I think it was, they took uh, second, uh, second and th- no, I'm sorry, third and fourth, I believe, behind two Corvettes. Yes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's a podium slot. It's a podium slot. So anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh-huh. man, and the the 911 RSR that was running, that was oh, yeah. the. Ooh. Most recognizable sound around that track uh, that day. It was incredible. Really? Yeah. So that was a, a great time. Speaking of racing. <laughs> that, that sounds amazing. What a great way to experience it too. You know, I think about the times I've been to, to, to racing events and you, you, you're just stuck on the side of the track. And that's great. Yeah. You, you, you get that experience. But to go in a, in a suite, like you say, have perfect views, food, Air drink. Conditioning. What, a, what a way to do Yeah, because yeah, it was hot. Way, man. Yeah. You know, and, you know, so if cool. you got tired of, you know, maybe it just got a little exhausting, the, the sound, you know, which uh, does after yeah, a yeah, number yeah, yeah. of hours. Uh, you can go inside and watch it on the screen and the AC and drink your beer. And, uh, yeah, it was. And then, of course, uh, we did it with our, uh, you know, our, our Cadillac groups. And we had people from uh, all over the coast come down. So I got to meet more people, uh, you know, kind of like you guys, uh, people that I connect with on the Internet, but uh, finally in yeah. person. So that was a really great experience. That's so cool. Very jealous. And just even the name of the place makes me jealous. Say it again Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca? Yeah. Uh, It sounds like a video game to me. Yeah. I know. I just. My my local track in Minnesota is the Brainerd International Racecourse, BIR. Brainerd. I mean, no, it just sounds utterly (laughs) dorky. Good job. It does. Yeah, we, we, we literally just have sand down. Phillip Island, like, there's not even any, not even any thought goes into what they're called. They're just named after where they are. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, were you excited to be around the Cadillac guys for a while, Daniel? I mean, they're not, they're not your real friends, obviously, because they're Cadillac drivers. You know, just the Porsche guys are your real friends. 
<laughs> I'm just playing. Yeah, it was just it was good to see everybody. We got to drive the the latest and greatest uh, Cadillacs uh, at the event, and that was just uh, you cool. know just it was it, first of all let me put it this way you know I don't always get to take time off like if I if I want to guarantee my time off and I wanted to spend money on these tickets, uh, you know I'd have to take vacation. But it just turned out I luckily had the time available without taking vacation. So I said last minute I bought tickets. I was like I don't know if I want to go to this, and. Uh, I went. I planned to go two days, and I came back for the third. It was just a, a, an awesome That's brilliant. time. That's brilliant. It's funny too, isn't it? You know, you talk about the Cadillac guys or Porsche guys. I find when I go to car events that are, you know, that aren't Porsche specific, I'm actually drawn to the cars that aren't Porsches. You know, it's walking around and mm-hmm. yeah. and looking at, I don't know, old BMWs or. Cars that I don't really have that I like and I admire from a distance, but I don't really have you know such a such a deep understanding of. They're always the cars that really appeal to me when I'm when I'm at those kind of events. And and I think the thing you kind of come across. I actually took my car to like a hot rod show uh, about two years ago, and that was great. I think I was the only Porsche there, um, <laughs> but I managed to get in. And talking to these hot rod guys, they loved my car. And looking at their cars, and you can just see the amount of work and attention to detail, and all of these things that have gone into their builds, and it's it's something we all have in common. Where yeah, perhaps our flavor is a little different, but ultimately, what they yeah. love and what I love is fundamentally the same thing. Yeah, and it's and it's yeah. fun to see you know what totally. what is it that drew somebody to this car specifically yeah. versus uh, the many others. So yeah, agree, agree. I, I have to I have to admit I've got a secret crush on the latest generation of Mustangs. Really? I've always been a yeah, I've always been like a classic Mustang fan. I thought the Mustangs of the eighties and nineties just looked like Ford Cortinas or yeah, just, yeah, just something yeah. awful. Yeah, they were Fox really, bodies. really bad. Yeah, just awful. Um uh, but like the last two or three years, but this this year or whatever, I just they look so good. It's like they've finally got it right. The rear, the front, the sound, the interior even is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, a few Porsche owners sort of turn the uh, American Porsche owners will turn their nose up at the American muscle cars and, and the Mustang in particular. But uh, when I go to Cars and Coffee, I, I always try and check out the Mustang. I area. mean, you can't, <laughs> you love can't it. doubt that. I mean, first of all, yeah, it's nice. Uh, the insides and stuff, I feel like the quality's gotten better. But you can't doubt that or deny uh, just how well the Camaro and Mustangs perform now. I mean, the Camaro 100%. is like nuts. Yeah. And one LE Camaro is the best bang for the buck for a track weapon. And it's, uh, you know, it's, sorry, you just can't deny that it is true. This cheap American muscle car is whooping ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's just amazing how much car and how much power you can get for yeah. your dollar, you know, for your money yeah. with, with those cars. It's and actually, I, I love that they still make, that there's still a market for those kind of cars too. That I remember I bought a V8, mm. um, so a Holden SS Commodore, which would have been sold over there as the Camaro SS, I think it was called. No, um, the so uh, Chevy SS, I think. Chevy yeah. SS, Chevy SS, that's it. That's Four it, door. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. So I had one of those, uh, I don't know, uh, 10, 10, 10 or so years ago. And I remember wow. when I got it, I, I said... I have to get this because it's probably the last chance I'm ever going to get to own a V8 because surely the V8's just going to disappear off the face of the earth. And and, and thankfully they haven't, yeah. you know. They're just great. There's something about a V8 you just got to love. Yeah. 
you, you just like with a flat six engine, you can hear them coming as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. really yeah, nice. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, Daniel, you've had some uh, some news. You've you've moved. Yeah. You've uh, got got a you know new place, but more more excitingly, importantly for us car nuts, you got a garage. Yeah, to play with. I mean, because my last garage, uh, despite uh, the. Uh, the the magic of the camera is it was <laughs> just a very narrow tandem garage and it made it very difficult you know sometimes you need that space when you're working on the side of the car or so, you know it just it yeah. just sucked. yeah uh, so um, yeah I finally now I'm in a house with uh, a side by side two car garage um, unfortunately uh, two car garage is all you get for a million dollars around here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, yeah, so I moved in with my uh, amazing girlfriend, and we uh, got this house together. And uh, unfortunately, you know, when you buy a house right now in the market, um, this is how it went. Uh, uh, they're it's like, "Hey, can I see the house?" And the realtor's like, "Yes, but uh, um, offers are due in like two days." And so I, I make an appointment between all the schedules and I try to get in and I go and my girlfriend can't go because she's got to work. So I go and I look at the house and I'm here for like 20 minutes and I go, okay, this is pretty good compared to the others. And I go, okay. And I go back and I show my videos to the girlfriend and, and we're like, should we put in an offer? Cause we only got, look at the watch. It's, it's counting down. And so, oh my God. She never even saw the house, dude. And she, uh, yeah. And, she, and it was, and it's mostly hers. Let's put it that way. So it's, it's incredible and, in, and in how much she trusts me. <laughs> but, um, so again, they, they stage the house, right? So they put the nice furniture in, but the people still live here. So you look in the closets and it's just full of their crap and you look in the garage mm-hmm. and that's where all their stuff is. And so I couldn't really yeah. see the garage, which <laughs> for uh. most people, nobody cares. But to me, I was like, What's behind that canoe? You know, <laughs> all that crap in the garage. And so uh, we, I never got to see the house again. We go through the whole process, and a month later, they say, uh, "You get the, here's the keys to your house." But even though they they didn't do that, there was no key to the front door. They said, "Here's the combination to the uh, electronic keypad that uh, yeah, they put yeah. on." And then, well, so we go over to the house, and I look at the garage, and I go, "Oh man, I've got I've got some work to do here." <laughs> isn't that amazing for like a million dollars you saw the house once and you sort of took a load of stuff on faith where you want to go and shell out 50 or 60 grand for a car it's like you got to know yes. everything about it and the history of test drive it five it. times to drive it a few times <laughs> well that's how i prefer to shop but if you do that you know you can't compete in the market today and you know so it's like you get a quick viewing you have to offer much more than they posted on the market for and uh you write off all contingencies so you just yeah. hope that everything works yeah. and you know we found some little things but thankfully yeah. it's good uh but uh again another reason my girlfriend is amazing is because she feels like the garage should be a priority renovation like i do and i'm just oh, like yes I dude know, marry her <laughs> marry her that's that that's ring material right there <laughs> So um, when, when I say garage renovation, I mean, it's got like drywall and stuff, but uh, we are going to just tear it all out, add new, add electrical, uh, add a place for like a power washer. But the biggest thing that's kind of gotten in the way is um, the house is built with an AC system and these big silver wrapped ducts are just spidering oh. over one corner of the, and it, and it, it's awful. It just looks bad. You know, for us car guys that want, a, you know, a garage worthy of the Porsche, it's like... This is not going to work. So yeah. 
Um, the garage renovation has turned into a um, full HVAC replacement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the system, you know, it's, it's, it's on its last five years, probably. So, you know, if we're going to do it, might as well do it all together. Uh -huh. um, and it's going to make things better. So we're, we're looking, we can't get rid of all this ducting, but we are going to improve the way it looks, maybe even get it behind some soffits and, and whatnot. And uh, um, looking forward to that. And uh, uh, hey, maybe maybe I can write wow. the rental off as a tax ex or the tax write off for a business Who expense. Who knows? Yeah, I yeah, love it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I'll say it again though. You need you need to marry this one, mate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You, you need well, to marry I this one. Well, I propose with like a kitchen reno, and she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs a ring. She wants a kitchen uh, any, better than a ring. Right? <laughs> no, I, uh, she's she is just amazing, and and not just for that reason. So very lucky. So here. cool. So cool. Well, listen, don't uh, don't 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 believe what James tells you. I, I would think your best bet um, with your garage reno is once you've had all the walls done your electrical and everything then you just start piling things up in corners <laughs> and and that's what that's that's Wrong. that's how garages work that's the that's the beauty of no. them you can just stack <laughs> stuff that you don't have room for anywhere else just there's, shove it in the garage you, you know in your garage andy there's probably a dead <laughs> kangaroo somewhere and you won't find it for years well so i'm having we're, we're renovating our outside at the moment so we're landscaping oh. right now and there was That's a, I believe, it's, it's great, actually. It's not great for a car, but it's great. Um, but believe it or not, James, <laughs> I've actually been gradually working through clearing out my garage because I'm getting a shed out the back of my house. Um, so a shed for North American people is like a small garage. I was going to say, that is so... Too small for a car, <laughs> but contains garage-type stuff. So it'll have... The lawnmower, the gardening things, the ugly crap that you don't want around your car. So that's all going out there. So I'm actually in the process of just quietly getting my garage into a, into a decent space. But yesterday, the guys who are working on my landscaping needed to put a bunch of stuff somewhere. So, of course, inevitably, it made its way into my garage. So suddenly, I've got these two pieces of old furniture. I've got the kids' bikes. Oh. I, I can barely actually get... To my Porsche right now, so I'm 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 I'll take a photo of it for you, James. You'll be horrified. So it's business as usual, basically, in the gaunt garage. <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. <laughs> I, I'm proud of you, Andy. I think that's uh, great that you're making steps towards it. And yeah, the uh, just uh, simple. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Good job, Sean. Uh, seriously, the shed is is is. It, it, it's like lipstick on a pig. It just hides all that junk that you... <laughs> exactly. Well, no, because contrary to what I just said, I'm going to stack the shed. The shed I'm actually going to do properly as well so that it doesn't just become me transplanting the crap that is in the garage to the shed in the same fashion in which it's currently stored. It's going to have... It's going to be well laid out, properly organized, and then I'll get rid of a lot of junk yeah, out of the yeah. garage. You, you wait, Watch this space. Andrew from 911 South ain't yeah, got nothing yeah, on yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I, honestly, Andy, I hope that it just like it just like it becomes like a, you know a snowball effect, and you just like just start going crazy. And uh, if you have any money left over from the landscaping, at least. And <laughs> oh yeah, that's 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 quite the rabbit hole. But yeah, I'm thinking a lot, maybe doing a lighting rig in there so that I can film easily. <laughs> We're here with the illustrious lawnmower. <laughs> this beast puts out a whole 12 horsepower. Which is a lot for a lawnmower. Showing my... But what I've done is I've put some BBS rims on it. <laughs> carbon fiber handles. Oh, yes, dude, of course, carbon fiber. Oh, brilliant. Uh, well... Away from away from garages for a second. Uh, let's talk about the the elephant or the kangaroo in the room, the giant kangaroo in the room, and that is Mission R. Sure. I'm dying to hear what you guys have got to say about this because the idea of an electric sports car is like, oh god, here we go. All right, yeah, I suppose I've got to like it, you know, but I'm not really going to like it, dude. I saw the photo of it. I was ready to sell my house, my wife, and my kids, and it's like, I want that. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah. Hundred percent. I would okay. like to. Let's see here. I don't know if he's. I'm looking through Instagram right now. I thought Andy had posted uh, a picture of it, and then you, you, you summed it up really well in your uh, in your in your comment. And I was hoping to just read that off, but uh, all I see is a bunch of nine six fours here. <laughs> this is the opposite of what I was looking for. Uh, I, th- I but think yeah. I said something along the lines of if if this is the way it's heading inevitably, right? So if it's going to go that way, then Porsche, with its history of motor racing success, can't sit on its hands and wait. It has to actually be at the yeah. forefront. But but more than that. James, I agree. My initial response when I saw it, I've not seen a car that made me feel that way since, I don't know, seeing cars in, in, in cartoons growing up as a kid. It's just got this, I just want to be, I want to be in that crazy city where, they, where they've got the kind of animated um, teaser video. I want to be driving through there. I want to be in that car. Yeah. I feel like the whole thing kind of transports into what I imagine the future of motorsport could be where it's actually exciting, not boring and quiet and uninteresting. Right, right, right. I'm with you. I just, I, I, I was floored when I saw the photo. And admittedly, I was a little surprised when I saw the interior and thought for a second, maybe, oh, but you know, if you're going to go all in, go all in. 100%. And it looks like there's plenty of, plenty of carbon fiber in there for my liking. But that sort of futuristic... Um, bucket seat, which I my ass is never going to fit in, um, and that little tiny sort of spaceship looking yeah. uh, steering yeah. wheel. Oh man, it's so good, so good. And although having said all of that, though, um, and you can imagine that's going to cost an absolute arm and a leg. Uh, I'm not sure if I should be disappointed by this, but it says that the Mission R car can go zero to sixty in two point five seconds. Like that's a turbo S. <laughs> it's gotta be under two, surely. <laughs> I mean, come on. You gotta you gotta push the button and you're immediately doing sixty. I mean, come on guys. Uh, it, they're, surely they're gonna bring that. It's down. only a concept. And you know Porsche always they always um over deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, what do we think of this profile? Uh 
you know, it's a, it, it kind of reminds me of a Taycan. You know, it's got this sort of flat, you know, rear and, and front, and then sort of this bubble, like, passenger area. I mean, that's like the absolute basic shapes, but obviously it flows much nicer. Um, you know, mm -hmm. this is a, a, to me, this kind of makes me think of more of a Cayman than anything. And it just makes me think, is this the future? of the Cayman, because <laughs> they've talked about electri electrifying, you know, the, the, the Boxster and Cayman line, so. Definitely, definitely you got. You and your Cayman. No, I, I agree though. I definitely got Cayman vibes from this car, 100%. Um, it, it definitely, to me, looks more Cayman than 911. Yeah. And actually, I think I think that's one of the things that they did really well with, um, with the livery on it, was that rather than trying to make the livery you know, martini racing or golf racing or something that exists in right. the past and the, the kind of classic history. Yeah, there's the Hoyer badge and, and, and I think maybe some Michelin branding or something, but it actually, again, it looks like a car from the future. It, it looks like a, it yeah. looks like a movie set piece actually. Um, yeah. And I think that's what just makes it exciting to me. I, I'm, yeah, I'm all about this. I, yeah. Love it. Love it. I mean, there's, there's got to be haters, great. you know, and stuff. But the truth is what you said. I mean, it's coming. This is just how, you know, I'm not saying submit to electrification and stuff. But, like, if that's where some aspect of motorsports is going to be, Porsche better jump on. And they better start finding a ways to win and represent, you know. I'm not saying, yes. like, you better do it, Porsche. But, like, you know, <laughs> it's in their interest, right? And uh, I think it's awesome. I mean, what do we get? We're looking at over 900 horsepower between these two motors, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. it's like drive. with all the power that's going to be available, it's going to be, I mean, I know we can make that kind of power in other cars, but like, like I just, I just see like the power thing is, um, you can only go so far with it, right. To make a car like that's like drivable. So like, yeah. it, I think it'll push them in other directions with other elements, whether it's suspension, arrow, or just plain efficiency and still maintaining 900 horsepower for the length of a race, you know? Um, yeah. And of course, yeah. it's racing that develops uh, the things that we eventually see trickling down later. So, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, that's that's it exactly. That's it exactly. You think about um, you think about the fact that Porsche test drives and takes all of its technology and all of its design from the track and puts it on the streets like no other manufacturer. That that's exactly right. Now, now I didn't get the the Cayman vibe from from that. I I just it, it looked like a super cool version of the um of the of the yeah. Taken. Uh, maybe it's just because because of the headlights. But what I did like about it is that it was like like with the nine eleven and the and and the the, the Cayman and the Boxster, the two doors, their sports cars. When the um when the the Mission E was released and you saw those suicide doors that it had originally. Yeah. I actually quite like that, and it still kind of held a bit of a sports car feel to it. When the Taken was actually released, I was just like, oh, God, it's just a family sedan with a pretty front end on it. You know, yeah. I was really disappointed by... Even though even though they, they still look good, they look cool, it's, it's just a sedan. But this is a two-door race car. This is a sports car, and... Whether it looks like the 911 or or the or the Cayman, I couldn't care less. I just think, I just want it. So I mean, bad. do we? Am I forgetting? But like, are there any like awesome electric sports cars yet? I mean, I know Tesla's working on their Roadster, but uh, everything is a sedan, right? I think oh well, okay. So. The the Rivian, Rivian, is that uh, what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah the Rivian. That's different. Rimac. I mean, 
the Rimac. That's, that's a hyper car. I mean, I, I stopped yeah. thinking about hyper cars mm -hmm. like immediately because I just can't. I want one, no. but I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like the Mission 8, it's going to be really interesting to see how that develops and are they going to, you know, make a few shaves here and there? Are they going to tweak it? Is it going to look like it, you know, it does when it, when it yeah. finally comes out? I'm, I'm super excited. Well, and also, does it bring other manufacturers into the category? Because... You know, as much as I love watching, say, the Carrera Cup, um, watching mm. Porsche fight Porsche, to me, it's kind of cool, but mm. it's like watching your favorite football team play one another. Whereas, you know, when you yeah. watch Porsche racing against Ferrari, McLaren, Audi, Corvette, you you 100% know yeah. who you're backing and who you want to win. So it would be really interesting to see if other manufacturers... A, if they're collectively considering where motorsport is heading and how they can move into this into this sort of electrified category and, and whether other manufacturers will follow suit. Because if you could see similar offerings from everyone from, you know, Audi to GM, I think it'd be that's where it'd get really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm all in. What anyway. Yeah. Good job, Andy. <laughs> Thanks again, Dad. So um uh, <laughs> get back out there and clean the garage so right we're, we're getting we're getting towards the end of the podcast here um let's talk about content uh i've got a couple of videos in the pipeline and i'm just waiting on body shops to finish painting spoilers and so on uh daniel what have you got coming in fact i think you just uh, recently put out Thank a portion video reminder. i haven't yeah, looked at um, yet you know what as with moving, um, I literally didn't put out a video for almost a month, and which really was depressing to me. And I still don't have my <sighs> studio or workspace set up, so it, that sucked. But I have a lot in the pipeline. I just haven't even had time to work on them. But I did just release one. Uh, for those of you with, like, mm, I believe not, maybe 997 or later uh, Porsches, including 981 Caymans and uh, 718 Caymans, uh, my buddy Tom out here, who is a longtime moderator on Renlist, has started his own Porsche forum. So if you guys haven't checked that out, uh, oh. it's carpokes.com, C-A-R-P-O-K-E-S.com. Uh, over 200 members now. The idea here is, folks, uh, Carpokes wants the best of the forum members, the ones that like to be involved, the ones that actually contribute, and not the ones that are going to call you out on your political BS or something. Um, there's been a little drama, I guess, out there in the Renlist world in some of their sub forums, and uh, uh, there's plenty yeah. of people that are just plain sick of it. So if you're ready to come to a more family-oriented, uh, <laughs> no, uh, to, to a different forum, um, you know, join us. But a forum you know, can only be as great as, as the members and how many members, so we're looking for that. And with that in my video, you will see that if you join and you contribute you have access to what I think is cool, and some people maybe not care, are these license plate standoffs for your rear plate. None of us like to drill the bumper in the front. We get that, and some of us do, if we're guilty enough to, to, to do so because of the local laws. Um, I skip it, and I've been lucky. But the rear, every country, every state, there's no doubt you're gonna have a rear plate, right? But what most people don't know is that those holes were never drilled in the first place either, and we all drilled holes in yeah. there, or the dealer did. And uh, Tom has developed uh, these uh, mach plastic machined uh, standoffs that uh, stick on with 3M tape, and then you can mount your license plate with screws. And uh, of course, I've already got holes in there, but you know, uh, they literally just drive coarse threaded screws into your plastic. And I just don't see that lasting decades like we want our Porsches to. 
So uh, check out that video. I talk about uh, installing those. They're kind of neat, a, a neat little uh, hidden mod. And uh, definitely check out the Car Pokes forum. Sounds great. I will. Car yep, Pokes. Kind of like slow That's pokes. Right. That's awesome. I like it. Um, Andy, what have you got coming uh, up? Do you know, James, I feel a little bit like uh, a kid in school whose teacher's asking them if they've done their homework. Um, the dog ate my video, James. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I do, do you know what? It's, it's, it's been a real dry spell for me. Um, but, and, and that's partly driven by, as you know, we're, I'm, I'm locked down um, and God. I'm not a huge yeah. maker of mod videos and stuff like that. So, so being only able to travel three miles from my house is, is, is pretty limiting, but... Um, I did just fit a roof front lip spoiler on the 964, um, two weekends ago, oh. which is a great mod. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool mod. I, I, I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Um, dealt with roof directly in Germany. They were fantastic, but there are no instructions with this, with this front lip as to how to install it. Oh, really? Um, and I actually made a slight, a slight mistake when installing it. Um, but I've made a video of it. So I think that's going to be a, a kind of cool one, kind of cool instructional one. Um, and then I have my, I've got to get to the end of the process, but the, the, the 964 has just had a MoTeC upgrade and I'm at the back end of, of, of that process now. So there's a video coming, there's a video coming kind of talking about that. So there is Porsche content on the horizon on your favorite Melbourneian Porsche channel last ride. So check it out, people. <laughs> the number one Porsche channel you know, in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I did wonder, you know, if, if lockdown had affected you. I, it's got to the point where, honestly, if you just live stream, like, tidying up your garage, I'd probably watch it at this point. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No one would. <laughs> <laughs> Only so that only so that I could add in the comments you missed a bit. <laughs> um, now, James, what about you? Because you're doing your whole rear end, no? Yeah, yeah, I yeah I am, um, and I, I kind of regret starting this to be honest. Because on the one hand, um, I, I'm now looking at my second used uh, bumper. bumper. The first one that got delivered was damaged. Uh, and uh, so I, I, you know, contacted the, the salvage yard in Chicago. They sent me another one. Uh, that took like another week and a half. The one that arrived uh, for the second time had a crack in it, but this one's actually repairable. Um, so it's down at the body shops in Lemetries of Lakeville, and they are repairing the crack. And then they're going to paint it, and then I'm going to make sure it's fine, the, the color's fine, and then they're going to finally do my my Mosh Hammer spoiler, but they, they wanted to paint them at the same time. They didn't want to have to mix paint twice and, and risk getting the paints, you know, slightly wrong because considering they're going to be right next to each other. So that's a video that's been in the making for about a month now. And like my steering wheel video, I just want to get it done. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, ah, I don't really care about the, the fun and the excitement now. I just want it done and out yeah. there. But, you know, I was thinking, and, and, you know, I've started this now and I've put a bit of money into this. Um, will I like a first generation 991 with a second generation rear? Oh, this is, yeah, this could be controversial. It, you know, it's like, do, do I, do I actually want that? I, like, I want to do the video cause I want to, I want to make sure it works. 
I want to make sure it fits. I want to see what my car looks like with those three-dimensional taillights. But right now, I'm not actually sure if I'm going to keep them. I might package them up and sell them on as a you know a facelift package for anybody that's got an A gate gray nine nine one. But you did that little upgrade to the front. I mean that maybe that will balance it just enough. You know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Is it, is it a philosophical thing, James? You know, like like you know. Like putting an RS badge on your yeah. car when it's not an RS is it is oh. it is it that? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think it yeah. is actually. Yeah, it's more that than anything else. Cause I think I'm going to like how it looks, yes. but I'm just going to feel like a bit of a faker. Maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I've got a stack of content from uh, this weekend in Indianapolis. I've, I've uh, oh god, I'm like maybe halfway through just sewing everything together for for luft and then i've got the the second day at the uh the speedway i actually got the drone up in the air and flew it over the track i'm not entirely sure that would allowed but <laughs> i'm almost entirely sure it wasn't I, I, <laughs> hey look nobody told me no and i didn't see it written anywhere always, yeah, yeah it's always easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, forgiveness right? not permission <laughs> james did you is there is there a video coming of the of the t-shirt line like just two hours of content of you standing <laughs> in a line. Dude, there is. <laughs> there is. And me cussing you out for about 20 minutes. Yeah. Here we are, hour seven. <laughs> it's like lining up for Bon Jovi tickets in 1987. Oh, man. Hey, well, guys, it's a pleasure as always. I'm really glad the three of us were, uh, were able to get together for it's this. Great. Um, folks listening... Uh, Andy Last Rasp uh, from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Daniel Jet Fuel Only in California, and uh, this is James at Auto Amateur here in beautiful Buggy Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, speak to you soon. Thanks, James. Thanks for having us. Bye bye. Bye. Well, guys, that's it for another episode. Three guys, two continents, and one love for the Porsche brand. What a fantastic combination. Uh, that was uh, Daniel from Jet Fuel Only over in California on the west coast of the U.S. And uh, in case you don't know where California is. And uh, Andy from Melbourne, Australia, somewhere on that massive continent where kangaroos and rabbits just run crazy. Um, more content coming soon, as I talked about just uh, earlier at the end of the pod. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to my good friend Lee Sibley. Uh, you probably know Lee from a number of different forums. He's Lee Sibs on Instagram. Uh, he is um, a central part of Total 911, um, editor of 911 magazine. Uh, he is a co creator of The Road to Redline, a super successful and really popular Porsche podcast with his friends Andy and Joe. Uh, and he's also that 911 guy on YouTube. Now, recently, Lee um, has been up in his game in terms of content and the frequency of his content and the quality. I mean, he always puts out great stuff, but I, I've noticed at least in the last year that he, he's just been really dialing up the volume to 11 on, on all of his stuff. Well, he just announced recently that he's sort of consolidating his his uh, his content and his media and his brand underneath a single name of Nine Works. And if the name isn't cool enough, you should check out the logo. It is so good. 
but Lee's essentially going to start promoting himself and putting his content out across various platforms, various various forms, whether it's podcasts, videos, um, you know, merchandise, etc. As Nine works, if you haven't started checking out that brand, you've got to go check it out. It's so exciting. It's a really, really exciting thing in the Porsche community. I mean, you got people like me who've been making um, relatively amateur um content on an ad hoc sort of opportunistic basis for the past four or five years you've got people like nick murray um who's he's focused on porsche but he also does loads of other stuff with other brands other cars helicopters airplanes and his goddamn gorillas um you got people like michael bath that started out making youtube videos lives on the other side of the planet to his car so he decided to just put all of his effort into podcasts which is now Porsche Cooled podcast which is also another excellent Porsche podcast um, but you know Lee has access to the industry he's not just your average YouTuber he's not just your average guy putting out content he's in the industry he's writing about the industry he's meeting people in the industry he has access to the cars he gets them out on the road he travels all over Europe and the world around the Porsche brand and on top of it all He's just an absolute quality guy. I mean, I can't say enough about him. So whether you buy a t-shirt, whether you watch a video, whether you check in on one of the podcasts, or just follow him on Instagram, Lee Sibley, Nine Works, it's going to rock your world. I'm really excited about what this means for um, the Porsche community in general, but selfishly for Porsche content creation. I can't wait to see what he comes up with. So Lee, if you're listening, and I know you do check out these podcasts every once in a while, just absolutely top class, mate. All right, guys, get out and drive. Hope you're staying safe and healthy. There'll be more content coming soon under Auto Amateurs brand. This is James. Take care. Bye.